Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Happy Said Confused. Welcome to my podcast. The my refers to me, Josh Horowitz, your fearless host. Uh, this is where I talk to smart, funny, interesting, cool people, and that certainly describes my guest this week, uh, the amazing actor, comedian, former SNLer, and current star of one of my favorite new shows, The Last Man on Earth. Uh, the guest this week is Will Forte. Will is uh, awesome, as you know. You, you you like awesome things if you listen to this podcast, so you like Will Forte already. But you've, of course, seen him on SNL for years, where he killed it. Uh, and then post-SNL, uh, kind of remade his career with a, uh, a crazy acclaimed performance in Nebraska, directed by none other than Alexander Payne. Uh, thankfully, he's not abandoned completely absurd comedic roles and projects uh, as evidenced by this new one the last man on earth which premiered last week i am an immediate fan of this one i saw the first two episodes i hope you guys did if not check it out because truly i cannot um endorse this one enough it is from will's depraved deranged mind but also phil lord and chris miller uh former guests of Happy Sad Confused, go back into the archives and listen to that conversation, and also creators of The Lego Movie and 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street. So uh, they're they're uh, on top of the world right now, dominating all of Hollywood, and it's so cool to see them collaborate with Will on this uh, comedic take on the end of days. I don't want to say too much more. Uh, you don't want to spoil the show, but trust me, it is worth your time. As is this conversation, Will is one of the good guys in the business. Everybody knows Will Forte is uh, smart, funny, uh, and just like one of those guys, what you see is what you get. You want to hang out with him. You want to spend time with him. And I was lucky enough to do just that in this conversation. And so will you by proxy. So um, here we go. My conversation with Mr. Will Forte. But as always, a quick reminder, go over to wolfpop.com. Check out all the great podcasts over there and hit me up on Twitter. I'm there waiting for you, waiting to converse, waiting to correspond, waiting to hear your criticism and hopefully compliments uh, at Joshua Horowitz is my Twitter handle. Uh, in the meanwhile, enjoy this delightful chat with the delightful Will Forte. Um, the scariest part is that you can sometimes feel the building actually sway. Like you actually hear, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you hear it creaking. It's, yeah. Oh yeah, you'll feel it. Thanks. <laughs> oh my god. What are you god. analyzing? What are you judging, Will? I'm trying to see those pictures. Is that Can you tell who Jennifer Lawrence's face yes. on uh, Bradley Cooper? Nice. Really? Yeah. And is that Getty Lee? That's just Getty Lee. That is Come on. Don't fail me. One of those two people is very close to you right now. Like talking to you right now like the name josh right now <laughs> that's oh me God. and that's uh, jay wow from mtv's uh, classic jersey shore don't pretend like you don't know dude i i love jay wow i know you do that's why i put it up there um <laughs> feel free to adjust the mic to your liking okay this is great if this is, this is good for you it's good for me it looks okay, really it, right looks, it suits you What's happening? Are you going to lick ready. the mic? What I'm are you going to do? I'm getting ready. It's been hy- it's hygienically uh, clean. Don't worry. Do you recognize the Vigo poster or Ghostbusters 2 fan? No? Yes, okay. I do. Okay, good. I was, for a second, it took me a second to... I didn't know Ghostbusters until... You, I mean, I was like, 
I know that, that face, face, but <laughs> that has been a part of my life. What? How do I know that? Um, thank you for swinging by. We were just uh, chatting. This is the end of the exciting promotional tour for uh, yes. a show that I've already told you, but I'll say it for, on the record on the podcast. I love. I've seen the first two episodes. Uh, Last Man on Earth. Congrats, dude. Thank you very much. Um, so a slightly different press tour than the last time I saw you, which was an exhaustive one, a, a great one for yes. Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does this that, feel like apples and oranges compared to what you went through? Because that's like it does. I, I cocktail parties, et cetera, screening series, yeah, whatever. That was months and months of of uh, you know. I, I was delighted to do it. You know, to be a part of that movie was uh, an experience that that I never thought I'd get to have. So, yeah. so I, I would, you know, I would still be on the the circuit doing that stuff if they if they had wanted me to if Bruce Stern was still returning your calls you would still be there yeah, yeah. that's too bad for the, the falling out <laughs> no, no, of course not. we did not have a falling out Josh <laughs> sorry I heard things um, the- no but it was you know it's this is we we finished shooting just on Monday so so I don't know if there would have been even oh, really? more just- stuff that I would do but but oh, like it, you know we had to pack it into this final yeah. final six days so what I kind of love also is that this is this is the first like major like baby of yours since Nebraska, and I kind of love that in a way. A because it's clearly something close to your heart that you love, but also like I'm sure there have been some interesting new opportunities that have come after Nebraska, and I, I feel like it speaks to you that like this crazy, absurd, bizarre thing, like how the hell did it get on network television? That's awesome. Is the next big thing from you? Do you know I, what I mean? You know, it's it's it. it, it it is i've been very excited about this show it it uh i i went into the process thinking it was just going to be a writing job and then i i just loved it so much that that uh that i thought i got a i got a you know, i got very close to the character and the premise and and i just i couldn't let go of that and yeah. i i i originally thought it was going to be a cable thing um if if anything you know if anybody uh, appreciated it. it seemed to have more of a a, a fit cable wise but yeah. then fox was really into it and and uh and they talked us into doing it there and i'm i'm really happy they did they were they've been very supportive uh and and let us make the show so exactly to, the yeah. way we wanted to Does except it? no f-words well that's what I you can do love, on the podcast here. I love say it, F-words. Say it, use it. You can do it. I can? You get it out of your I system. I love to say F-word. <laughs> no, I, I thought you're not, fuck is the F-word, not the, I was just saying F-word. F-word. You know what? You can't, on, on Fox, you can't even say F it. <laughs> really? F that. Yeah. <laughs> if they do, they blur it out. And, and actually, I, I was watching, um, uh, on SNL, I did this sketch. Uh, I was a motivational uh, coach and I was giving Peyton Manning and a bunch of other people uh, uh, who was they were all my basketball team right. I was giving them a, a speech and in the speech I was watching it the other night they had a primetime sports special I think it was the night before the Super Bowl right and uh, and they bleeped out F it he says you know, let's get the F out of here. And they, they obscure his mouth. That's so you the can't weird say part F. Where, they, where you literally can't see they, they like, you can't see the word even it's coming like, out of the it's mouth. It's a letter. <laughs> it's a letter in the alphabet. That that's we only have 25, 26 things to work with now. People. Yeah. yeah. That makes me mad. It's like, so 
I'll say it's fucking stupid. Whoa, dude. Come on. Fuckers. Or children. Let us say fuck. <laughs> look, look, you're still looking me in the eyes and you're respecting me. Kids need to hear it at some point. It's true. I'm not saying let's I'm not saying let's say fuck on network TV. Right. I'm saying let's say F. Right. It's twenty fifteen people. When uh, did your parents say the F word? Did they use profanity at home? Every word was no. They they were <laughs> clean your uh, fucking room well. Damn it! I think I think we had more of a damn it family. Yeah, damn it! I still um, feel weird um, cursing in front of my parents. I'll be honest. Ooh, I feel pretty good about cursing in front of mine. They're fine. They're fine with it. They're used to it. Well, they've, I'll say they've that. seen your work. So. But it's like a, I'm, I'm a. Uh, I think I like to think I'm a good son. I have a good relationship with them. Right. Uh, oh my god! I went on uh, Seth Meyers' show last night and. Uh, showed a, a birthday card my mom gave me where she she had it was my 41st birthday and she sent uh a card with a picture taped to the inside like she as a joke to my dad she took a picture of me as a baby with uh horrible diaper rash i forget what what the joke was but she included this picture in there and it's just like a shot of me lying down on my stomach and my my butt is exposed and with just horrendous diaper rash, and then my balls are hanging out, and that's that's it's this pretty that's awesome. Love. That's beauty. That's a beautiful it's an relationship. Awesome you have. picture. <laughs> oh, might, I might have Ooh, it here. This could be a bonus. Okay. Anyway, my so I tell the story, and I'm talking about my mom giving me this card and how awesome my mom is. Right. She was so bummed. <laughs> she just like to me. To me, I was saying, Mom, this this is gonna anybody who sees this is gonna think. You're way cooler than oh totally than before. The are, picture. Are, are your is your family or your parents like? Did this kind of like catch them off guard the way this career has developed? Was this something that they could have ever like? What's their take on your success and your trajectory? They're 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 they have been so supportive. The moment I said I wanted to go into comedy, it, you it's it's tough. You dread telling your parents because you know they'll be worried about you sure. and you know you you want their support uh and they just there was never even any part of them that were anything less than thrilled that i was doing something that that i loved and, and you don't want to try to go for it uh so every step of the way there it's you know we all i, mean, I don't want to say that they have low expectations for me but they're they're they'd love me and they're happy if I'm happy. Right. And so, and I'm generally pretty happy with whatever. So, so I, you know, all this stuff has just been gravy and we all feel that, that excitement of unexpected blessings together. It's right. like, you know, Oh my God, we were happy before and now I get to do this. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, this is great. <laughs> what the F word. Yeah. What the F word. What's the, what was the backup plan? And when did the backup plan go out the window? What, what, was there like a well luckily for me my backup plan was writing and and so i i got to do my backup plan the the backup plan for acting is writing right what was the backup plan for writing though for writing i don't know <laughs> i don't know you know what i you know what i would have probably tried to do is teach mm-hmm. uh uh you probably try to try to teach at a college somewhere mm-hmm. that seemed that i was that that was something i was considering back in uh when i first went out of uh 
when I first, I guess you say graduated right. from college instead of went out of college. <laughs> when I first went out of college, <laughs> proud UCLA went outer. Um, um, and how quickly did did a good writing job? Because writing jobs are pretty lucrative, well, and especially in the places you were working. I'm sure you made a nice living at Third Rock, et cetera. My dad was a, a financial analyst, um, stockbroker. And so I just did that right out of college for like a year and a half. And just, it wasn't for me. It, uh, so so uh, I realized I, I wanted to try, try comedy and went to the Groundlings. And I graduated in 93, went to the Groundlings around 94 and a half. And then probably in 90, 96 is when I got my first writing job at MTV, uh, the Jenny McCarthy sketch. Show. Right. And that was, <laughs> which so is still great. going it was, in its 20th year now. Yeah, it's been, it's amazing. Congratulations. Uh, it was, it was not here in New York. It was out in, right. uh, like closer to Burbank. Um, but what a fun experience getting to do that show. How long did that last? That was, it was always only going to be for a season because okay. I think that Jenny had signed, a, a contract with MTV and this was kind of the last thing she had to do. Got it. And she had a, uh, a sitcom lined up at NBC, I believe. Right. So this was just to fulfill uh, to my knowledge. That I think, I think yeah. I remember this. I think it was always only going to be for a season. And, uh, and then she went and made the show, which I think was called Jenny. I was going to guess, like I'm guessing that show probably yeah. was called Jenny with an exclamation point or some kind of. So I <laughs> did that show. It was great. Uh, great fun to be a part of it, and and uh, I was super stressed while I was doing it. But looking back now, it was the least stressful, <laughs> most fun job to start out with. Like it, it really was was great, and and uh, got to work with a lot of great people, John Benjamin and John Glazer. Amazing, uh, isn't that funny? Where like those shows that like are forgotten shows. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, one of my first jobs was working for. John McEnroe's talk show at CNBC, which oh, was yeah? like the lowest rated talk show literally in the history of humanity. But like everybody that worked on it, like it was just like behind the scenes. Of course, they all went on to become, you know. Oh, is amazing. that right? Yeah, yeah. Who is, else? Wait, who well, else? Like, do you know like, like Brooke pa- Posh, who's now like running oh, Amy Poehler's? Yeah, sure. Yeah, she was literally a segment producer with me. We shared a cubicle. It's crazy. Um, so when you're writing for someone like, Jenny McCarthy. Was she good at sketch comedy? Was she, did she, I mean, we're not going to diss, you know, Jenny, like she's got her talents, but was that her forte? She is a very likable, wonderful, nice person. And there were some things that were like, it's, it's, you know, I, I don't think that she had ever done sketch comedy. So, so, uh, you know, she, I I will say, I, I did not expect her to be as funny as she was. And she's, she's just, she's so winningly, nice and likable and uh i thought that show was actually really there were some very good things and and if there were you know it wasn't ever her her uh lack of sketch experience that brought it down usually just you know us writers right uh dropping the ball but there were some great things the guy joel gallon who used to produce uh all the movie awards sure. and stuff. He he did it, and and so there would be the the short films were so fun. Um, uh, and as I said, John Glazer, yeah. and John Benjamin, it, a bunch of other people. Uh, you know, uh, Ben Carlin came in and oh, worked wow. a little bit on it. it uh, 
a bunch of and and by the way, Melissa McCarthy, uh, who is uh, uh, Jenny's cousin, cousin yeah. it was she was I think she was just working as a PA, and this is right before she started at the Groundlings, and she was it was just so fun. She was so cool, and she got to be in one of the sketches, and I was in the same sketch. And we were both police officers sitting next to each other. So I kind of have the, uh, for, I, I believe. Her first I'm, co-star I'm on camera. <laughs> saying that I got to be in the first, uh, you know, her first television appearance. Amazing. I believe. I'm pretty sure. Maybe we'll she did something you. before that that we'll I didn't know. the honor system but, here, dude. But, you know. So, and you, and you mentioned, because you also, you wrote, and I think you were at SNL by this point, but you wrote sometimes here and there for VMAs and movie awards, some of the MTV award shows too, yeah. right? Were the, did you get, did you work on any short films or was that like stand like a... By the way, I want to go back and yeah. make sure I say that, that that was a great experience and Jenny was wonderful to me and I think she is very good at sketch comedy. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I hope, I, I, I hope it didn't come across any other way. No, no, that's just, I'm yeah. the only awful person in this room, yeah. don't worry. Okay, um, <laughs> but uh, was, what was your experience writing for some of the MTV award shows? I'm always curious about the award show writing experience. Is that something I, that's... Loved it. As I said, you know, Joel, my favorite movie awards were the ones that he produced. Mm-hmm. He, he was really good at those. I always thought those uh, short, films short films during his amazing. era yeah. were so great. And, that, and I loved parts of those things. The, writing those short films was always really, really fun. The writing the patter, the patter that the presenters have to say, that's, that's, that's the soul part. Yeah, oh, it's, <laughs> it's the worst. And, and there's nothing left. There's no, that, you know, I have so much respect when I watch an award show that has cleverly written yeah. dialogue or, you know, it's, it's, it's so hard. Cause a lot of times you're just writing this stuff. That's you'll write funny stuff, send it over. Right. The person who's will never even look at it. And it's maybe they're, PR person who's looking and yeah. and going, no, that's not funny. And they, you know, sometimes it's not. And and a lot of, I mean, it's hard to write that stuff. So it's right. But but it's it's, it's just tricky because it's there's so many levels that you have to get through, and and a lot of times it's just really last minute, and you've just you've tried writing so much stuff, and and then and then you know somebody will get up there and inevitably go like. Yeah, that's the bullshit the writers right. wrote for me. Or yeah, how many times like have we seen them like, sell the writers down the river? On that yeah, <laughs> and it's like fuck you, dude. We wrote you some great stuff, right? That seven people that had you a hand in done destroying. better. So don't throw us under the you know throw yourself under the bus. And but then every once in a while you'd give something to like Samuel L. Jackson, and he just sells the shit out of it. <laughs> so he was he was he was great, you know. So you got you got both. It's always the yeah. the lame people who right who. Uh, you know, sell out the writers. So, uh, so along the way, when you're working at some of these sitcoms after Jenny, are you, are you still harboring like, okay, one day I'm going to get the shot at doing stuff on camera. Is it sort of like, if this is my career, so be it. What's your attitude? No, in those I, years? Gave, I didn't not give up. I, I loved writing. It was, it was great. And, and, uh, uh, the, you know, I think you talked about this earlier. The, the money is, you can make quite a career. Not, not at MTV, but the... <laughs> oh, I know that. Once, yeah, <laughs> that was not a dig. No. <laughs> um, at, uh, once you get to like a primetime 
sitcom. Cause I went from Jenny McCarthy's show to Letterman. I somehow got to yeah. have that experience, which was amazing. Very hard. I was not great at it, right. but it was, you know, he was one of my heroes. So, of course. um, uh, then I started doing sitcoms and it's just a crazy paycheck. Uh, it's, it's, it's so great. Um, and, and, and I was in a couple sitcoms that didn't go very far. Right. And then I got the experience of going to third rock from the sun, which, uh, was so great. The, the Turners ran that show, Bonnie and Terry Turner, and they're awesome. And they, uh, uh, just had this, this way of collecting, really talented writers who are also very normal, nice people. Right. And, and, uh, and then when third rock from the sun was over, I got to go over to that 70s show, right. which was also, it was the their Turners, show too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mark Brazil, who had, uh, written, I, I'm, I think he wrote it third rock from the sun. Okay. I think he was a third rock writer and then went over to the had the idea for that 70s okay. show, which he did with the Turners. Um, and then, so I was uh, allowed to like go over to that '70s show, and it was another just great experience. A bunch of wonderful people. Uh, I liked that show so much, and um, the hours were incredible. So it, it was just like, oh, this is what's nothing bad, nothing about, bad about this. this. Yeah. Well, In fact, I liked it so much that that I was doing a Groundling show, and. Lauren Michaels happened to be there that night. Um, and I got, you know, offered the chance to audition and I, and I almost didn't even go audition cause I'd loved writing the 70s show so much. And I was shitting my pants that I would do a horrible job. So right. eventually, you know, Mark Brazil talked me into going to audition. He's, you know, this, my, my freaking 70s show boss, he he had been Can't an actor yeah. uh, early on in a standup and and had said you will not forgive yourself if you don't go do this and i was you know he was so wonderful and gracious about it i went went out and auditioned got the job and then i just melted down i was i you know i i loved my job at the 70s show but definitely it was a fear of fucking up my dream. Right. So, so as much as I loved writing, I, I know it was more of a fear, fear based decision. So I didn't do the show for a year and then thank God they came back a year later and, and, you know, offered me a chance to, to re audition. Was everybody in your life saying you're crazy, like for passing up SNL? Cause it seems, it's like what, it seems like everybody in your field is working towards like that kind of opportunity. Even if you're making a hell of a living, this is like you got the golden ticket. It seems like. Uh, I, I mean, my friends and family are all very supportive, yeah. and I did a good job of pretending that it was just because I yeah. loved writing so much, and I and I did. I, that's not you know that's not inaccurate for me to say, but like ultimately, the lie that I had told to myself right. was ate away at me to the point that I was like, I, I would never be able to forgive myself if I didn't at least give it a shot. So the second time when they offer to you, is there any moment of like second guessing it yet again and saying, maybe I, I actually will say no again? No, this time I, uh, I had a girlfriend at the time who was very supportive and she said, 
you gotta, you gotta do this. Yeah. And, and, and she was, she was right. And it was, you know, I went for it and it was, (laughs) it was, uh, terrifying. I was so scared for like three years. I was terrified of, of being on that stage. It also must be terrifying just getting, I mean, you, I guess you'd had a lot of experience in writer's rooms and just throwing stuff out there, but like it's infamous that first meeting where you're throwing around ideas and pitching to Warren himself. That's a tough crowd. Was that also an intimidating part or was that almost the least of the problems? Was it more of, I mean, certainly as you're first getting in there, it's a nerve wracking experience to be around a bunch of very funny people. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, you quickly get to know these people and, and uh, uh, they become your friends and then you're not nervous pitching around them. It it doesn't help you in the performance part of it where there are all these strangers up in the audience and then you're knowing, oh, there's also this camera that's beaming me all over the place. (laughs) Um, And so what changed three years in approximately? Was it just sort of like... Three years in, I almost got fired. There was... uh, you know, over the summer they make all the casting decisions and, and the, you know, the show was, it, you know, it takes a there were, there were some wonderful, uh, actors, comedians there and actors and, and everyone is great, but, but every, you know, sometimes you have a bunch of wonderful individuals, but there's like the, you know, the, the cast is, it just doesn't have, it just, it's not gelling in the right way for whatever reason. seem to be gelling yeah. for some reason. And, and, you know, nobody knew what, what it was. And Lauren was just trying to figure it out. And yeah. I was, I was the very last person that he brought back and he had, he had even said, and this kind of is interesting because you had just brought up, you know, have, having that experience as a writer. Is that what saved a, you in think a, a little positive bit? way. Yeah. Lauren brought it up in a negative way and he was in like he said you know I think that I think that you are kind of in a writer's mindset and you you know you'll really be confident in the things that you write for yourself but if somebody else casts you you kind of are thinking from a a writer's point of view and of Mm. course I'm like uh you know in my head, I'm like, screw you, dude. You don't know what's, of course you're wrong. And he's like, well, you know, I just, I want you to get out of that and start taking ownership over these roles. And by the way, he was totally right. A hundred percent right. And, and there was something about the experience of being pushed to the, you know, just thinking that it just was all like, Oh, who cares anymore? Cause yeah. I almost got fired. I'm, this is a so you, new lease you let a lot life. of it go and then suddenly you're like I let it go and, yeah. and he was totally right and I started just you know when people because I because I would remember being in the writer's room and being kind of pissed when somebody would do your stuff wrong and, yeah. and you're like how do they not know to put the inflection on this word or that you know little things like that and to me I know that while I was doing other people's sketches I would be kind of tentative because I would envision them being frustrated with how I was doing it in the way that I used to be right. when other people were doing it. So, so Lauren is a very wise man <laughs> and, um, you know, thank God he gave me that second chance. And, and it, it, that was kind of, you know, I still had nerves, but that, that was definitely a turning point. Yeah. And then uh, really at about the, 
year six is I think when I started feeling like I still felt like I was a new guy. Uh, you know, even when this next wave of people came in, you right. know, Andy and Kristen and Bill and Jason, I still felt like I was relatively new. So at about year six, I started feeling like, okay, I'm part of this place. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I work at SNL, damn it. Time for a quick break to tell you that today's episode of Happy Second Fused is brought to you by Audible. Audible.com is the place for audiobooks. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from, from every category imaginable. So go to audiblepodcast.com slash happy for a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. If you're still not convinced, and I don't know why, here's why Audible's worth your time. First of all, unlike a streaming or rental service with Audible, you own your own books. Plus, there are free apps for iPhones, Android, and Windows Phone, so you can access your books anytime, anywhere. Plus, there's easy chapter navigation and annotated bookmarks. But besides making it easy to catch up on your reading, let's not forget about the selection you get and who's reading the books. For instance, you could listen to Lena Dunham actually read her own book. Lena Dunham's Not That Kind of Girl. You could hear the great Tim Curry read Bram Stoker's Dracula. You could listen to Amy Poehler uh, read Amy Poehler's Yes, Please, uh, alongside some guest stars, including Carol Burnett and Seth Meyers. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is reading a book called Go the Fuck to Sleep. I don't know what that's about, but it's narrated by Sam Jackson, so that sounds amazing. Uh, there are tons of books to choose from, folks, including classic stuff like Let's Kill Mockingbird and Fahrenheit 451, Starship Troopers. Anything you can imagine is on there. So just go to audiblepodcast.com slash happy and find something that you're going to love in whatever genre you like. It's all there uh, with a free trial and you're going to get a free book. And if you don't like what you choose, no problem with Audible's great listening guarantee. You can exchange any book you're not happy with for another title anytime, no questions asked. So go to audiblepodcast.com slash happy today. Well, it's that weird thing, too. I would think that we see it on a cyclical level at SNL where, you know, someone's around there. And, yes, it takes them usually a couple of years to kind of find their voice, find the character, find something. And then they kind of get into a zone. And then it's like, you know, realistically, unless you're, you know, like Daryl who's stuck it out through like an amazing, like crazy run. Like you want to you have to think about the next thing. And I would think you're. And, and films are starting to happen for you then. You obviously wrote Brother Solomon. Uh, MacGruber eventually happens. Like, you have to have that kind of split mindset, I would think. I mean, you want to devote 110% of your energy to SNL, but yeah. are you also thinking along those, in those years, like, I want to do a movie. I want to try it out. I mean, I've seen it succeed for many others here. I should give it a shot. Why well, not? Well, definitely it's, it's nerve-wracking because during your summer breaks, you'll go off and – and you'll hear about all these people doing parts in movies and right. stuff like that. I rarely was, you know, I just, people weren't coming after me for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, for, you know, and, and, um, th that was hard to take. You're like, what, why, why doesn't anybody like me? <laughs> um, and when did, when did brother Solomon happen in that? Brother Solomon was, uh, part of, uh, when I left, uh, Carsey Werner, and uh, by the way, it's worth noting that they were very good to me too. Car Carsey Werner is the production company sure. that, that ran Seventy Show, and so Mark and and uh, Mark Brazil and and Tom Werner and uh, 
Marcy Carsey were just so supportive and, and let me go. But the one stipulation was I had to write a script for them, a movie script. Yep. Um, and I would get paid for it. It was like, wait, you're going to pay me to write a movie script? That's a, <laughs> this is that's my penalty. Punishment? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love penalties. So th- th- there was this pilot that I had written called Dos Hermanos. Uh-huh. And, uh, and they wanted me to try to turn that into a movie. So that's what I did. And it turned into the, the brother Solomon. And, you know, they, they helped us make that. So what, how do you look it, back on that one in terms of obviously did not set the box office world on fire, sadly, but like, do you, are you proud of it? Do you feel like what, what did you learn from that experience in terms of, I think I learned a lot from that experience. It was, it was, you know, I went in there and I, I I'm, I'm pretty stubborn with stuff, but I was not in a situation where I could really call any of the shots. Uh, so it was, it was, a a great learning experience. Um, you know, Bob Odenkirk directed it and he's awesome. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I learned stuff about screenplay structure, mm-hmm. about my own, uh, uh, gifts and lack of gifts as an actor. Um, it, it was a big learning experience. Like yeah. it, it, uh, and I, you know, I love the movie, uh, but it, it, you know, it, it, it was just a big learning experience. Yeah. What do you, you know? And what do you take away from, and we, we always talk about this and we rightfully should, because I'm team MacGruber all the way, which is like something like up until the, the opening of it. Yeah. I would think like, it's probably, I don't know. You tell me, was it testing? Well, were people like high on it? Because while now hopefully we're willing into existence a sequel because of this diehard fan base, um, it, it wasn't a huge box office hit at oh the time. Yeah, I mean, were you surprised by that? Like up until opening weekend, you're like, "I did it, I cracked it, <laughs> it's going to happen." I wasn't surprised by it. I was, you know, I still, I still wonder what it was. Was it, you know, I understand why, and and I'll tell you that 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 experience, like going into this this show that I'm so proud of, the Last Man on Earth. Uh, you know, I, I, it comes out in two days and I'm so proud of the show, but I'm prepared Whatever for happens, people to not watch it. And I'll be okay with that if that happens yeah. because of the experience I have with MacGruber where you realize like, okay, we, we were so proud of that movie and they're still very proud. And then you go and you just watch it, you know, it finds its own life. Like even if it, the first thing, well, it, it was just, you know, it's devastating that weekend. You're yeah. just like. What what are you supposed to do? Like I thought this was good. Maybe I just am wrong. I don't know. And, and you know, and and it didn't even get reviewed that poorly. There were some right. great reviews, some from from some very reputable reviewers. And there, it got slammed by a lot of people. But then again, we didn't expect it to get any great reviews. Sure. It's like it's a you know a movie made by three <laughs> fucked up dudes and and we were basically allowed to do whatever we wanted. And, and so what I, it it just taught me like the only thing you can control is how proud you are of something. And like, don't compromise fight, fight when you need to fight, pick your battles, 
I keep hearing pick your battles, but I'm a pick every battle person. Yeah. And that's the that's the thing about this show that has been wonderful is like even in MacGruber, it, it all turned out just how we wanted it to. But like, you know, I still I was not, you know, I I it's I was not in the I was not the decision maker. Right. Um, You're making a studio film. It's a decent yeah, budget. But they, they were very supportive and stuff like that. And I'm not, uh, you know, but 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 like that's the thing with this show is that I I am I like get to be kind Final of the problem. decision yeah. aid, you know. Kind of the main decision maker, I guess, and, yeah. and like, I'm not gonna, you know, it's I'm st- stubborn and I'm like, and I've on this one, it's you know, there you just with with this scenario, you got studio and you got network, and it's like, you know, you got a there are so many different opinions, and right. and everyone is valid, but it's like, not everyone is valid. Some are <laughs> just some are fucking stupid. Uh, but that's the thing. I, I have really stupid ones, but it's my show. So, well, like, it, you know, it, I'd I'd rather be, I'll be wrong with my own decision than uh, actually. That's not true. I would like to be right with somebody else's decision. Right. That's fine with me. Right. And but I feel like I'm I'm reasonable, and I will listen to opinions. But like, pick your own battles is not something. That I do. I well, pick every battle and I fucking fight it, <laughs> and I, I dig in and and, I, you know, I hope people will watch this show and and recognize that because it's it's a show that we don't compromise uh, compromise very often, right? Um, and and I think it shows in the show. I you know it's it's but it, but at the same time it's like who the fuck knows, you know, yeah. maybe nobody watches it and I can live with that because this is exactly the show I wanted to make. Not exactly. I wish that I could say fuck. <laughs> Not even the F word. And there are, you know, a couple little things that you just can't do because of network TV. Sure. But, but like, I'll say Fox was, Fox friggin' held to their end of the bargain and really like, you know, every once in a while would be uncomfortable with different things and then, if we fought enough and they knew it was important to us, they they were like, "All right, we trust you." And, yeah. and it's you know, uh, you know, I I have a great deal of respect for both them and the studio by for for you know <laughs> going to some weird places. <laughs> yeah, with you guys. <laughs> I mean, they really like, and I'm I'm very happy because we've just been getting back these reviews that have been excitingly positive and and um. You know, I'm. I I really hope that the show does well because of their standing behind us. I want it to do well for them. Yeah, that's the main thing. Like I can handle it if it doesn't do well. We gave it our best, whatever. But but I really wanted to do well for them because they really, they really, you know, they they're. It's a different show, and I want them to be rewarded for trying well, out that something that's so different. Well, you know? and this will help other insane ideas like yours, not necessarily from you, but other interesting <laughs> talents that, that you know, they'll, they'll take more risks, frankly. If this one succeeds, it's not just about your show. It's I about, mean, I'm not and, saying that, you, look, there have been a million risky shows out there. I'm not trying to pretend like this is, this is the, groundbreaking the riskiest one. Yeah, show no, of all but, time or that, you know, nobody's ever taken a risk. You know, it's every show is risky. that it's on a network. And frankly, when I saw this, I was like, wow, this is on Fox. Like, this is a little 
Was well, this and, and I'll even I'll say like this. You know, I know that the, the uh, I think that the 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 way this uh, the current state of television, there's so much good stuff out there, and God, so many awesome shows on cable. And I think the the networks are have been losing audience to cable, obviously. And, right. and this was they've got to get hip and cool, this, or they're gonna this lose it. <laughs> very lucky time when yeah. when they're like. Well, let's try something that is a little more network uh, or a little more cable-y. And, yeah. and so we, you know, but still there's that thing of like, you know, they still want it to be a mass. Seem like it, it, yes, it, it feels like it can appeal to everybody. Fox, yeah, and yeah. It, it's pr- something that their audience was like. So, and I totally get that. Um, but it's, you know, so it was a lot of, a lot of, uh, conversations about what you know just figuring out a way that we don't compromise the show at all but that we we you know make them feel comfortable with it and that it's a tricky process and a frustrating process at times but but like you know we it it i'll say as frustrated as i could get sometimes with the notes they they would make the show better for sure yeah like because in in having to address their notes there are very few times when by going through the process of addressing something you didn't need fixing, you realize it did need fixing, and maybe it wasn't the solution wasn't what they were pitching, but, but at least you reexamined but, it and found a different way that yeah. made it better. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, I have to ask you on the MacGruber tip. I'm obsessed with Val Kilmer. I always have been. I literally yeah. have a Willow comic uh, hanging here that he autographed to me. Peck, peck, peck. It's a proud moment in my life. Uh, he's an iconoclast. He's a unique dude. Give me, oh. give me like quintessential bizarre Val Kilmer like in it the best possible way what's 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 your indelible image memory of working with Val he's here's what I'll say about him you everything you said is he's one of a kind uh just incredibly intelligent and uh bizarre oh yeah but the the main memory I have of him is Showing up one day to work, John Solomon, uh, who's one of the you know the the three amigos with MacGruber and and is you know working on Last Man on Earth now. He we were together and I he was wearing this cowboy shirt. I, all I wear are plaid shirts. Uh, and I looked over there and I said, "Oh, that's a uh, that's a great shirt, isn't it? That's that's a, the kind of shirt I would wear." Isn't it? And John said, yeah, 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 that is a definite Forte shirt. And he took this, he just ripped the shirt off and handed it to me. And that's, that's the kind of person Val is. And then he was just walking around shirtless for a while until <laughs> he got another shirt. And it was just, you know, he's a sweetheart. He is. And, and as you say, super, super bright. So great. And did you ever, have we talked about this? I don't know. Tell he me. lived with me for a while. Tell me. No, I didn't he, know He, that. you know, had this, this, uh, <laughs> Uh, big ranch in New Mexico, but he would he would have a second place in Malibu, um, and uh, and he want, he was going to move into another place in Malibu, but he didn't know where the other place he didn't hadn't found a place yet, and and he was uh, you know the, for some reason he thought he would have found a place and and he had to get out of his other place yeah. earlier you know before he had found this place, so he said, "Can I stay with you?" Uh, while I'm looking for this place. And I thought, oh, the, sure, it's 
thinking a couple days. Well, the second he comes, and then the second day that we're there, his assistant shows up with like two huge duffel bags <laughs> of books, and I'm like, "Oh, this is this might be a little. <laughs> this is the new normal for me. <laughs> it's my it new life. Was the best experience of all time. Being like, oh. he is just such a delightful, per, like what, like it's such a gift to have <laughs> him in my life. Like it, uh, you know." The the twenty year old version of me who was oh my God. a huge Doors fan <laughs> and just like blown away by by him and the Doors, you know, would not believe that there'd be a time when I'm sitting at my my dining room table and he's sitting across from me one morning and we're both doing our own shit and he has his stereo playing and you know uh, Roadhouse Blues comes on. <laughs> And and we both just I'm a huge Doors fan, so we're both we both just start singing singing Roadhouse Blues <laughs> and and then and then we followed it up with LA Woman and, and it just it That's was just a moment yeah. where I'm like, Oh my god, this is freaking my life. You know, this person <laughs> who I just come to think of as a you know, just a a, a buddy was it was it's like Oh shit! Wait a second. That's Val Kilmer. He's what my, are you doing? And he's my roommate. <laughs> How long did that go on? How long? Did that was you know off and on. He was God. He was making a movie at the time, okay. so he would go in and out. And it wasn't you know. There's not any sad element to no, this. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's just a purely <laughs> like this friggin' fun period of time where which I'll never forget. Well, if you want to look, I mean, back in the day, Doors is amazing. But like in terms of like comedy lead performances, I mean, real genius. Oh, I mean, real genius! He's so great. Brilliant. Top Secret, obviously, oh. he's he yeah. is so great. And then Top Gun, he's so good. I just like he's great. No, he's, oh, he's I, one of my favorite uh, roles of all time is his Doc Holiday. Oh yeah, it's so I have good. Two guns, one for each of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you want to grab a random question or two from the creepy Indiana Jones fedora, sure. and I'll let you on your way. Don't be frightened. You seem frightened. There's nothing on here. Seriously? Is there literally nothing on there? There's nothing see. on there. <laughs> There's a question mark. There's a part of a letter and a question mark. <laughs> Someone's getting fired. Okay, now I only have to do one more. Okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Fair enough. No, that seems many. like a good part of the bargain. French fries or onion rings? Onion rings. Wow. Done. Did it. For Drop sure. the mic. Okay, let's see. <laughs> Ooh, if these are those, I'll go through the whole hat. Were you ever grounded, and for what? I was grounded several times. The one that jumps out at me, this is, this is horrible. Oh, sounds wonderful uh, from my perspective. My, the one that jumps out at me the most, oh, geez, this is horrible. I was sitting with my mom and my, my buddy, and God, I forget what happened, but I mooned my mom for some reason. My sure. mom laughs. And then my buddy says, oh, my God, my mom would kill me if I ever did that. And my mom's like, saw that. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Get up to your room. And she, she went nuts. And she goes up to my room and threw my guitar out the window. And it was just like, it was a, it was a mess. There's a lesson to the kids out there. Don't moon your mom, kids. Or don't at least don't have mom. a friend was, that rats you out. mooning my mom anyway? It's a, it's a wrong it's move. Gross. You determine your own end. There was when, no sexual element to that. <laughs> I wasn't reading anything into it. I don't know why you mentioned that. When I was a kid, my hero was my dad. It's beautiful. I love my dad still. Always my hero. When was the last time you threw up? It was pretty recently, actually. <laughs> what's, what's going on in your life, dude? You okay? 
You're a grown man. Why are you throwing up? It was while. Okay. There was a. Uh, I, I, was it? Was it? Was it illness related? Is there a drink involved? Is no, there... was, I haven't thrown up from drinking in a long time. Uh, I not to say I don't have a drinking problem. But, <laughs> Thank but, you for uh, The uh, I I I vomited from illness <laughs> within the last year. Okay. God, I can't remember what it like. It was before we started the production of the show because the show has been so time-consuming. You don't have time to throw up. You don't I don't even, have to yeah, time yeah. to throw up. And every once in a while, I'd feel like maybe I was starting to get sick, and then just it would just go it. away. Yeah, And it, somehow it hasn't settled, settled in. Okay, I'll do one more. <laughs> okay, one more. Unless you want me to, you can call me off. <laughs> no, you, you, you. Favorite Godfather movie, three, for sure. Stop. <laughs> get out of my office. You know what? It's underrated. I will say it gets a bad rap. It's not a horrible movie. I know that most people would answer Godfather 2. Yeah. I love number one. I love it. Uh, uh, I mean, that's... It's a perfect movie. They both are. It's, it's they hard. both are. And, and I have to watch two again. I really recently watched the first one. So I want to watch the second one. But I still, I you know, I love it when... Uh, but then, wait, the second one then is when De Niro the is De Niro young. stuff, all the, yeah, which is, oh, that, that, God, all the De, Niro, De Niro stuff in the second one is probably the best of the trilogy. Oh. That music kicks in. You want to go watch Godfather I mean, God, I Godfather love Frino? that, that stuff where Michael, the, the first one is the one where Michael goes in and, and shoots the. Yes, at the end, the, yeah. the whole group of them, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, that, God, it's just. Kind of, God, it's kind of mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Will and I are going to go watch Godfather the trilogy. Why not? You've got the ten trilogy. hours on your hand. Now I feel bad. I thought Godfather three was great too. It's, it's, it's just all like, right. It's just not, compared how to do you two live up to the first yeah. two exactly? And I have a feeling if if uh, if he had made that third one way closer to the first two, it might have uh, exactly. It, you know, it's just it's it, the expectations were. And we didn't have Duvall. There was that contract dispute. They had George Hamilton instead, who was fine. But, I mean, Duvall, Tom Hagen. Come on, we need Tom Hagen. Yeah. Uh, congratulations yet again on Thank Last Man much. on Earth. Honestly, it's, uh, it's a hell of a piece of work. I hope everybody checks it out. I, I usually don't keep swag, but I've got my ball right here. Aww. Thanks for sending this. I know you sent it yourself, the Wilson-esque uh, ball. That, um, is, that is, you know, I drew all the faces on the ball. Is that actual? Here, you can draw over it that for me. Be, they must have, like... <laughs> Copied, copied it because I, I didn't draw all the balls oh, on the faces that you guys were uh, but I'm saying in the show when you right. see the balls those are the legit ones that, those that are, are all there is one face that was not drawn by me it was on one of the colored ping pong balls I think they're Thomas and Max okay good to and, know uh, <laughs> so if you watch again it's the, the, the I have a def, uh, I have a definite uh uh uh, what am I trying to, what's the word? Artistic technique? What's the, uh, uh, the, uh I can't think I've been, <laughs> go take a nap. Well, it's okay. Eaten. Eat something, um, go eat something and make some I'm more so shows. Hungry. I'm so what hungry. are you, what are you going to go eat? I don't know. Just anything. All right. Anything at all. Onion rings. There you go. Sound great. <laughs> uh, it's good to see you. Well, congrats. It's again. good to see you. Thank you very much. I'm so happy you liked it too. Thanks buddy. That's the show, guys. I'm Josh Horowitz. This has been Happy, Sad, Confused. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Go over to wolfpop.com. Check out all the amazing shows over there. And most importantly, check back in next week for another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Hop. 
Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.